Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Family Minister at St. Paul's Cathedral, also in San Diego. And Maya is back on the show. Thank you, Maya, for coming back. It's always a pleasure to have you. Everything, Aww, everything is better when Maya's around. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya, how many times do you think you've been on the podcast since you were a regular guest? Um, is this like four? Three yeah. or four? We need to go back and check. Maya, you might be in the lead for podcast guest times on the show, which would be devastating news to Hannah Wilder. So Hannah Wilder, if you're listening... <laughs> Maya might be beating you now. I'm coming for you. Yeah, watch out. Uh, Maya is a Faith to Go all-star. We're so happy to have her with us. And, you know, the first thing we want to do uh, before we get into this gospel for the week uh, leading up to November 8th uh, is ask you if you have any... Could you just, like, update us on your work at St. Paul's? What is anything new happening at the cathedral for you? Yeah. Um, well, we've started to do... A couple of in-person youth gatherings so that's awesome and i am no longer a youth minister well i am but i'm also officially working with kids zero to 18 mm-hmm. so family minister woo, woo. <laughs> nice loves it if i had an air horn sound effect i would have done it when you said that so just maybe everybody <laughs> <Woo>. imagine <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly um so yeah that's awesome change in title change in uh job boundaries that's exciting and of course it's already what you are already doing your title now has just caught up with the work you're already doing there exactly and i feel like it gives me permission to give my full energy into all ages of Mm -hmm. things of like oh this isn't really what i should be doing so i'm not gonna put that much attention Mm -hmm. into it it's like oh now i can just go full bore on it you know yeah that's awesome and so then would you also share with us a uh, time in the last week uh, where you saw God or felt God's presence moving in your life? Yeah. Um, so every Monday afternoon, I have a friend from Texas named Hope. And we met at the National Cathedral, actually. We were taking a, a tour and we were like always the first ones up the steps because we were the only ones like under 50. Um, <laughs> so we were like, oh, it's you again. So every Monday afternoon, we do, just because uh, she's two hours ahead, we do evening prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. And we've done that since the pandemic started. And that is truly just such a life-giving, nourishing way to start my week. And this past week on Monday, um, some weeks just really hit different. And the conversations we have um, and the prayers we share are really awesome. So if you all have someone in your life that you can do that with highly recommend um book of common prayer is the best thing often (laughs) so yeah that well and sharing prayer maya right like i think that that's that's a very true thing for me too that some of my closest encounters with god are when i'm sharing prayer with other people 
um, it's definitely a place that I experience God's love for sure. And I think just the intentionality of our practice, like making sure we do it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and even days where I'm like, I have so much to do today. I'm uh, this close to messaging hope, like, Hey girl, can't do it this week. And then that's the week where I really feel nourished by it. So right. shout out to hope. Shout out to hope. Mm-hmm. Shout out to hope. Yes. Um, thanks Maya. That's awesome. Um, and so we would also love to hear from you all where you saw God this week or your experiences uh, of prayer like Maya's describing or those practices that help you feel grounded. You can always email us any of your stories, uh, questions, comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection. Uh, anything you'd like us to know or share on the podcast, you can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website www.myfaith2go.org. Or you can contact us on or follow us on Instagram at faith to go And now we're going to get into the gospel, which is the gospel for proper 27. 27. We're getting up there. I think only two more weeks till Christ the King. Uh, and then we're into That's Advent. Right. Yeah. So uh, proper 27 um, for November 8th. And the gospel is Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Charlotte is going to read it. And then we'll each take uh, some time to highlight a point from the gospel. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready with it went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour. So uh, Jesus here, we have jumped a couple chapters, if you noticed. The last time we were in this part of Matthew's gospel was uh, in chapter 22. And now we're in chapter 25. So you might have noticed we've skipped a bunch of things. Jesus has had some conversations with Pharisees and done some telling of woes and persecutions and desolations and said he told a couple parables. And now we got this parable at the beginning of chapter 25. Um and so that's really it. The, you know, Ma- Matthew's gospel is almost done after this. There's really only three more chapters in Matthew's gospel after this chapter. So um, that's the context. And I actually have the first point today. And I, I feel like the, when, I, when I read this, this parable, my first thought is like, man, this is challenging because Jesus is being like, some of you are going to get in and some of you are not going to get in. Pretty much half and half, which is which is challenging. 
And then, and, but I think that Jesus is not so much t- being, Jesus is being prophetic, not in the way we kind of talk about it, not in like the popular connotation of like, Jesus is telling you what's going to happen in the future, but being prophetic in calling people to change something now, to do something now. And so it's not so much Jesus making a prediction for what will happen, which is that half of you all are going to left out and half of you are going to get into the kingdom. But that he wants everybody to become aware of what they can do now for kind of a, a universal entry into the kingdom of heaven. I think he's, He's always kind of trying to open the door more and more to more and more people. So that that seems kind of be the common thread with Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. So it would be odd to me for him to shut out half of everybody now that he's done all this kind of widening and widening of the circle. So I think what the the purpose of this parable for Jesus to me is to call people to an awareness of their assumptions and expectations about God. And how God is going to work and move and emerge in the world. He's always kind of questioning assumptions, especially of those in power, in positions of power and authority. And so I think this parable is really asking all of us, and especially people with a significant amount of power or privilege uh, based on their race or their, uh, their kind of economic status or whatever, to become aware of what our uh, expectations are of God and if we are willing to become open to new possibilities. Because I think what I, what I see in this parable is not Jesus saying, well, half of everyone is stupid and will not get into the kingdom, and half of everyone is smart, and those smart people will. But that these are the characteristics of a foolish person and of a wise person. A foolish person does not prepare for a scenario that they do not expect to happen. They expect to sleep a good night's sleep and for the bridegroom to come on their terms, essentially, to come in the morning or in the late afternoon and for them to really not be made uncomfortable by the, bride, the, by the groom's arrival. And the wise people are the ones who are open to, the po- to all of the possibilities they're open to the possibility that's going to that's going to happen when they don't ex- don't expect it to happen, and yet they their openness is, you know, expecting the unexpected, really. Um, and so I think that this whole the whole kind of the whole narrative here is inviting us to ask ourselves: Are we willing to meet God in the way we never expected God to come to us? on God's terms, not on our own. And specifically for people who have never had to meet anybody on any terms other than their own, that is going to be a very specific challenge. For those people who have the kind of power and privilege that allows them to dictate to everything around them how things happen, and it's always on their terms, this is a corrective to that. This is a pushback against that kind of wielding of power to say, God is more than your expectation of God. God is more than your assumption about when and how God will will come. And you see how these two different people sets of people respond. You know, so it's it's kind of like 
Are you going to do the work now of letting go of your expectations and assumptions? Are you going to do the spiritual work now of questioning, of being open to wonder, and letting go of your control of God and who God is and how God operates? And are you going to allow for the possibility that something else could happen? And in so doing, kind of filling your flask with oil, you know, being prepared for the thing you never thought you'd have to be prepared for. But that it's the kind of wondering attitude that is wisdom, that is prudence. Uh, and it's kind of foolishness to expect God to only come in the way that we think God should come or think God should act. You know, David, as you were saying all of that, I flashed to youth group two weeks ago and Maya was there, so she knows. But one of the things we were talking about was how do you describe God if you take out all like traditional modifiers, if you can't use he or she or anything like that, how do you experience and how do you name God? And I think we actually may have talked about that a little bit on the podcast, mm -hmm. um, but it is always, always revolutionary when we realize that God is too big for us to decide how we experience God, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it, when we accept the fact that we don't get to determine how God acts who he supports, how he interacts with the world, and that we cannot take God and put God in our little God box. It's always revolutionary. Right. Um, and right. I think that we have that in, in this gospel again, and then with what you were sharing, that's what just kept popping up for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, so Maya has the second point, and I think it kind of is a continuation of this idea. Certainly, yeah. Um, I guess... In that um, letting go of our expectations of God and how God works, um, I think the question that comes up is, well, how do I prepare? And um, I think this is like, it's important to make the distinction between work and preparing, mm -hmm. because I think often uh, when we talk about, you know, the coming of the kingdom of God and, and fighting to bring the kingdom and, and, and working towards justice and working towards that, um, but preparing, what, is, what does that look like? What does it look like to empty our expectations, um, but also have full flasks at the same time? And I think it's interesting. I wanted to touch upon the fact that when they were caught off guard and when they had asked other, the wise bridesmaids to get their oil, the bridesmaids, um, certainly I don't think out of, you know, well, you snooze, you lose. You should have thought mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. um, they they simply you know say like this is this is for you to do you know because if if i give you what i've prepared then there won't be enough oil for anyone um and whereas i think there's a lot of i mean there's abundance and an overflow of service and care and love in the kingdom of god i think to a certain i mean kind of to build off of what you were talking about, David, about, you know, people in places of power. And if, if we want, you know, for example, racial justice and reconciliation, that starts with examining what do I have to do individually, you know, within myself um, before I go and celebrate a victory and go celebrate in this banquet hall. What is it that I personally need to contribute mm -hmm. um, like Thich Nhat Hanh says, you know, if you want peace, prepare for peace, you know? And so um, I think we can focus on in our bags to prepare 
I mean, we can take an example when Jesus is sending people out and he says, you know, take nothing with you, but like your shoes and a bag and like, like very spare, spare, sparse, spare, spare, uh, yeah, <laughs> scarce, I don't know, um, items because it's like, basically the way you will prepare is by not prepared, but filling up on the things that are kind of like abundant, mm-hmm. you know, like like filling up on the things that don't run out and there's not a lot of that in the world. So it's kind of like, okay, what cannot run out? And it's like God's love, Mm -hmm. you know, God's faithfulness, Mm -hmm. um, God's peace. So it is like, what does it mean to fill up on those eternal springs that exist, but we feel like don't Mm -hmm. exist Mm -hmm. in abundance, but they really do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are things that are scarce, right? Like there's 10 of us, there's only this much oil, right? But he's inviting us, I think, to prepare with the things that are indeed not literally scarce. Scarce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, scarce. And, yeah. And Maya, it's funny. This children's song popped into my head. This children's hymn, you know, um, "Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning." Right? Mm-hmm. They probably all of us sang at some point in our childhood, and this invitation that you're talking about on filling up on the things that are abundant in God's kingdom. I think that's that there's a message about that in this gospel for sure. Right. Because they didn't bring the extra flask of oil. So what scarcity were they experiencing? Um, Was it a scarcity of love? Was it a a scarcity of actual preparations of respect for the process? I I don't know what it was. Um, But sometimes I think that, we are invited to name the things that are scarce in our life and invite God into the process of us refilling, of restocking what we need, of preparing for what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I hear and what you're saying is some of that too. Right. Right. And when they enter that, when they're at the door, it's kind of like, if you didn't have an abundance of these things to begin with, like those are the things that you need to get in kind of. So it's kind of like, you might have everything you need. You might have your whatever bridesmaid dress bouquets. I don't know what (laughs) were the trappings of a wedding ceremony back then. But if you don't have these things of like, you know, if you haven't tapped into these certain resources, then that's like, Hey, that's the one thing you needed, pal. (laughs) Yeah. Like what good are, is, are the other things. Yeah. And I think that that probably takes us to my point, which is point number three and our concluding point today. Um, And I think that my point both goes with both of your points and is counter to everything as well, because it comes right here at the end of the reading for today. And it's in verse 13, when we hear it's after he's turned away the second set of bridesmaids and says, I do not know you. But then in verse 13, we get keep awake, therefore, for, you know, neither the day nor the hour. And as I thought about this all week long, I kept being like, well, what does the being awake part have to do with what went wrong? Um, Because we keep hearing about the preparations that the bridesmaids needed to, to make right? They needed to bring the extra flask of oil, or perhaps we just go far enough and say, just make sure the oil is full in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, But they needed to do those things. But everybody went to sleep. 
The foolish bridesmaids went to sleep. The wise bridesmaids went to sleep. Everybody went to sleep in this story. And it's the voice that cries out that wakes them all up. And the reason why they don't get to go in isn't because they were sleeping. It's because they didn't have oil for their lamp. So I find it really interesting that here in this final verse, what we hear from Jesus is keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And for me, it sits so counterintuitive to what we've heard all the way through. So maybe there's an opportunity then to reflect on the fact that the keeping awake is an, an additional call into being prepared. That it wasn't actual sleep that was the problem. It's that they weren't awake to what they really needed. They weren't awake to the fact that maybe the bridegroom wasn't going to come when you expected. And maybe you weren't going to have the oil. Maybe, um, I think David talked about this a little bit, that five lit oil lamps wasn't enough for a light to get everybody in, that we needed all 10. And so that you had, that you had all of these expectations that were beyond what ended up happening or not as big as what ended up happening. And so you weren't prepared. So you weren't awake to what was expected of you and that we're invited into that situation of thinking, what else do I need? Or what do I need that I think I can leave behind? Um, because I think that very often we do choose to do that. We think that the way that we're walking, the way that we're living, the way that we are in relationship with people is good enough. And so we leave pieces out. We don't say things. Um, I think that's kind of where regrets come from, mm -hmm. um, of things that we leave behind and that we choose not to do. And what do we need to wake up to? How do we need to better hear each other so that we can properly fill our lamps and be ready when the time comes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting that there's like, it's, there's seem, it's it seems clear that the, the bridesmaids have a they have a very specific task and half of them half of them have prepared to be able to do that task in a number of different circumstances and half of them have prepared to do it in a very specific one which is when they will not need to create their own light um so you know i don't yeah it's it's interesting just to think about like what what is that thing you know like what is the task at hand? You know, what is the task that we are being asked to do? And that's really a question of mission. You know, it's like, are we taking on the practices that help to equip us to do that task in a, a myriad of different ways and circumstances? Or are we expecting to just do this task in one very specific way in the way that we want to do it? Um, yeah. You know, it's like the, it's it's asking us it's asking some more of us. It's asking more of us, you know, than we might be comfortable giving, but that there is that, like Maya said, there is that abundance. Like the, it, there's never, a, the, the response at the end isn't, well, I don't know where we're going to get oil. It's pretty clear that there is like an easy way to get oil because they just go and get it and come back. You know, like it would have been so easy to do at the beginning. So like that resource that it's like, it's like, yes, it takes a little bit extra time and some, some like inner conversion to be open to these new possibilities. But in the end, the resources are there, you know, like the spiritual yeah. practices, the support of the community, the theology, the missiology, the ecclesiology. It's all there. It's all part of our tradition to be prepared to do the work of the kingdom of heaven. It's the question is, are we going to take time to go and get it? Or are we just going to sit here and say, I have what I need. I'm done. 
I don't need to do anything else. I know exactly what's going to happen. Everything's going to happen the way that I I want it to. All right. So that was three points from this gospel. Uh, the first point was mine, and it was the just Jesus's question here: uh, whether we're gonna, whether we're willing to be surprised. You know, are we are we willing to open up to new possibilities how God is moving? And if not, we are just going to be left out of the communal experience of the kingdom of heaven if we're not willing to be open to the newness of God. Um, The second one was Maya's, and it was about, you know, what it means to prepare and to prepare with a sense of abundance and of of the possibilities uh, that God provides and and what what it is, what is our work to do in preparation. And then Charlotte's uh, was the third and final point. And just asking the question, what what do we need to wake up to? What are what what is that voice um, out there crying, uh, crying out and asking us to be become aware of, become awake to, and how will we respond to that? So, having heard that discussion, we'd love to hear what you think about this gospel. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website myfaithtogo.org. You can contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith to go. We would love to hear from you. Thank you again to Maya, little Sonia, for being here. Thanks, Thank Maya. Thank you again. You're the best. Yeah, love it. We love having you, Maya. We're so grateful you were here today. I'm so grateful to be here, y'all. Right back at you. And yeah. we will be back next week for Proper 28 and the Gospel uh, the week leading up to November 15th. Woo! Until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.